Welcome to Excellent 2, the podcast. Uh, I am Carol Ann calling in from Minneapolis. I'm here with Heather. And I am calling in from Provo, Utah and Ramona. I'm calling in from Barbados. I am single and totally not ready to mingle. (laughs) (laughs) And we have special guest, Lindsay. Hi, I'm Lindsay and I'm calling in from Las Vegas. Welcome, welcome. Really excited to have Lindsay tonight. We're first all going to share, though, what we've been listening to, reading, one thing, one pop culture type thing we've been up to lately. Um, I'll share. Uh, this is Carol Ann. Uh, my coworkers kept doing Taylor Swift memes, and so I had to start listening to some albums. It's been, been um, kind of, yeah, laughing. Do I have a favorite album? I've been listening to the latest one. That's been a fun one to have in the background as I'm doing data entry for the boring parts of my job. <laughs> How about you, Heather? What have you been listening to or reading or watching? So I... I love Ann Patchett novels. She's mm. one of my favorites. And a girlfriend um, told me I needed to listen to her new one, Tom Lake, because Meryl Streep does, you know, she reads it. Ooh. And yes. So it, it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And there was another reference in it to Middlemarch, the, the tome. That, that I'm trying to get through endlessly. And every time I'm going to ditch it, I somehow encounter someone or something mentions it. And then I feel compelled <laughs> to go back. So Very good. Ramona, what about you? I am being super boring this week, guys. I have barely been into the pop culture this week. Um, and just because we said that it's not cockiness, it is hard earned confidence. I have been listening to the past episodes of our podcast. Oh, thank you. So I, I've been like, let's just get the, the views up. I, I'll be one more listener. Love so I've it. been enjoying listening to that before work while I'm working my online job. So I've been listening to us. Love it. Love it. <laughs> How about you, Lindsay? What have you been listening to or watching or reading lately? Um, reading a lot of boring books, but I just watched, um, don't worry, darling. It's on Netflix. It was the one, the movie that came out with, uh, Olivia Wilde directing it. And there was like Mm. tons of scandals. Like, yeah, the cast was not getting along. Um, yeah. And so I didn't have good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but I I decided I just wanted to see it and I loved it. I thought it was great. It was like creepy stuck with me. A lot of like strong feminist themes. So I liked it. I'd cool. be curious to talk to someone else who's seen it. Cool. Oh, I, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. Um, we'll have you on for a future episode. We could talk about it. We've done that <laughs> yeah. in other episodes. So, um, Lindsay, I have known Lindsay since Provo. So we first yes. encountered, we were in the same singles ward in Provo. And then we ended up in um, adjacent singles wards in Cambridge, Boston area. Um, yes. And then we both moved away at different times. Um and Lindsay came up with this great podcast called Singled In. And so I loved listening to it. Um, so as we were thinking of different um, guests we could have, I thought like, Lindsay, she already has a podcast. And we often do talk about single things, um, single people and the church because Ramona is single. We've all experienced it. And we also are trying to yeah, advocate for all of our people. So Lindsay, tell us about yourself and how you came up with the idea for your podcast Singled In. Uh, let's start there. Sure. So I, yeah, where do I start? Mm -hmm. I forgot for a second. 
I mean, you're just my Boston friend to me, Carol Ann. So I forgot about Provo, but yeah, for sure. We were in a ward together there too, which, yeah, I feel like you just change so much as a person. Like every few years, you're a totally different person. So like Provo Lindsay is very different than Boston Lindsay. It's very different Mm -hmm. than like uh, Vegas Lindsay. So yeah, Yeah. I, um, the idea for the pod, so I'm 37 and single though I just got engaged. So that's Congrats. like changing things a little bit for me. <laughs> and I can talk about that too, because that's been a journey because my fiance, now fiance is not a member of the LDS church. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's been a huge learning curve for me in particular, him too, probably, but mostly me. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm the one with like the intense culture. So <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm 37. I've been living back in Las Vegas where I grew up for about four and a half years and I've been attending a, what we'd call a mid singles ward there. They're actually just called single adult wards. And then the, um, the wards for 18 to 30 year olds are called young single adult wards. Okay. So that's nice, but we, we so colloquially, been, I guess, call yeah. it mid singles. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So I've been, and actually this is my fourth mid singles ward. Cause I was moving around mm-hmm. a little bit before then. So I, within um, Las Vegas alone, the fourth one, no, oh, Vegas okay. only has one mid singles ward. So mm-hmm. This is yeah. Wow. So I've been in this one for a while, which has been nice. A lot of good friends, and yeah. I've been really loving it. Yeah. Before that was um, two different Utah wards, one in DC. I did a short stint there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I think originally I just wanted to do podcasting. I always thought my ideal calling in life would be like radio announcer or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was something where I could hear myself talk. And so the idea for the genre came after, and it's definitely been um, a good niche that hasn't been filled quite as well. And so, yeah, it's um, it's been great. I love it. I I think the goal was just to talk about how quirky the mid-singles ward is, because it is, and also how <laughs> overwhelming it can be, especially as a member of the church, to uh, t- turn 30 or get into your 30s and then be kind mm-hmm. of... Um, like offloaded, I guess, from your, Mm -hmm. from the community you have into a different one in a way that's like a little bit shaming, like, oh, you didn't get married, you're graduating without honors sort of thing. So, or like dishonorably discharged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to address that because I feel like, I mean, I had a pretty positive experience moving from like the YSA days to the SA mid-single days. Um, but there were definitely times where that was a hard transition. And I had seen many friends just like really struggle for a couple of years till they kind of figured themselves out and got comfortable with their thirties in general. I think thirties are like a really awesome time in life. Like you kind of have the best of everything. So you have the youth and you have a little bit more wisdom and (laughs) yeah, some good things. So it's definitely a time to be celebrated and enjoyed. I also wanted a, um, a podcast in a community that wasn't, I think a lot of times when we talk about singles and singles issues, we talk a lot about dating, which mm-hmm. is fun. I love talking about dating. Like I want to hear everyone's like terrible stories. Like mm-hmm. I love all the things. And we do a little bit of that in the podcast, but I really wanted it to be more than that. Um, and just talking about just being people and being happy people in the world. And I'm really grateful. I have a co-host who seems Oliver and he's in my ward and he is gay. He's a member of the church and gay. So I love and at first I was like, I don't know if I'll, I like really liked the idea of Oliver because he's the best. He's just the coolest person ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I don't know if I want to subject him to like all that heteronormativity, you know, that we're right. just the dating and stuff. But through the podcast, it's just been 
clear that there's just like so much more to talk about than like dating or are we going to get married yet? You know, so mm. it's been really wonderful um, to talk about some bigger issues uh, surrounding church and like our experiences at church, but also just being humans and figuring out our lives and um, yeah, how how to form strong connections, friendships and things like that. I'm very passionate about. So yeah, it's been wonderful. I love that, Lindsay. I love that you yeah didn't center it on dating like and how purposeful you were about that. That's wonderful. Um, also even just the term like family ward, singles ward, just like even thinking about like that type of language sometimes can be so like, oh, when you're single, you don't have a family, but it's like you do, you are part of a family. Um, yeah. Not everyone who's in a family ward is in a nuclear yeah. family. Like there's yeah. just a lot of haziness or just even like saying singles instead of being like single people, people who are single. So just even that like, term can <laughs> yeah. be so alienating too. Interesting. Yeah. It's like creating uh, unnecessary barriers. Something we like to say on the podcast, I guess we've changed what we call it. We don't like the family ward name because obviously not everyone's in a family there. So we did call it neighborhood ward for a while. I think Mm. actually the church uses the term geographic ward. So I have a friend that is like really intentional about using that. So I I like that. I like that. Yeah. 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 Um, So I, I just came back from Utah in December and in the Caribbean where I live, we don't have specific singles wards. We mm-hmm. have the family ward. The singles are thrown in with everybody. And yeah. I didn't realize how much I love that until I went to Utah recently. Um, mm-hmm. And I am about to turn, I think I'm going to turn 32 next year. I nice. Mm-hmm. I stopped counting. <laughs> Um, after 30, I was like, okay, we're done counting. Um, but I remember a lot of my friends got married in one year, almost five or six of them girlfriends got married in one year. And I remember this great push to get me married before 30. Like if 30 was the doom and gloom of my life, if I wasn't married at 30, I was the lost cause. Mm. And um going to Utah and I I one in particular I just don't like Utah dating culture for LDS mm-hmm. people absolutely yeah. isn't. um and um I remember going to the singles wards with my friends and just rolling my eyes going to the mid-singles ward and um just being around people but not really having those sort of deep feelings and I don't know if this is a cultural thing just from Utah being different from everybody else um but I found that I really struggled not just in the sense that um you know we we're all lumped together like this sad group of misfits mm. but mm-hmm. um it was like um if you aren't married you aren't serving a purpose in the church if you aren't having the babies at 21 years old, you're not serving a purpose in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being in the, being in the singles ward, mid singles ward, and just absolutely having the, the most horrible time of my life. Mm-hmm. Just walking out of church because I felt like this invisible pressure mm-hmm. to marry and marry quickly. And I'm really glad that, you know, you have the podcast because I was listening to it today at work and I was was like, oh my gosh, these are all my thoughts, but nobody's listening to me. So I really appreciated it. 
Yeah. There's a podcast called At Last She Said It. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. They did an episode long ago uh, where a woman shared experiences being single in the church. And I think she was living like abroad. Uh, anyway, it's it was such a good episode. It, that really lit a fire under me to like, you know, have more conversations in this space. So, yeah. I um, will also say, I don't know if singles wards are necessary. I'm in that camp. I think, I mean, I love, I've been loving mine. It's been great for making friends and things, but I think it does put like an unnecessary barrier between you and like partnered or partnered people or people with families where it just makes it awkward to be in the same spaces with each other. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we get kind of awkward about it. I mean, especially like this is something I experienced like doing BYU business school where it was just like, it was just kind of awkward interactions with like all the married guys in my program. Um, being like a single woman and that that didn't need to be it's just like some cultural conditioning that made those right. that made that more awkward than it needed to be so yeah um fun fact uh I went camping with someone in my ward a couple weeks ago and I she did the BYU accounting program she's 10 years younger than me also laughing at that anyways yeah different families together and I was like oh the accounting program did anyone tell you like you're taking a breadwinner spot she's like no because I know someone that, that happened when I was at BYU uh, yeah. Anyway, she's like, no, but there was a specific like um, there's like a class for like men on like how to have like interactions with your boss because and there was some story that like um, a BYU grad account was like the a female boss was like, hey, will you come to my office and shut the door? Like we need to chat for a minute. And he said, no, I made a promise to my wife that I won't be alone with a, a woman with yeah. behind a closed door. And then she fired him like, and so it's like, so yeah, that yeah. Whole, like cautionary tale that they are like teaching anyway. So yeah. Hope that story gets along to the business school kids too, <laughs> at some point. Sorry. I think, yeah, I have a friend who recently did the MBA program there and it does sound like they're having, doing better. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it a little more seriously. Yeah. Figuring that out. Um, and yeah, I, I've also been on different camps, like, and, cause I was in singles ward for about 10 years. And so figuring out like what the. There were times where I was like, why are we so separate? Like, we're all at this point, like, do we all have fake callings in a way, kind of? Like, when you're in a singles ward, it's just like, there's so many <laughs> capable people. So it's like, oh, like, are we, should we be helping more, getting to know a variety of, like, ages and people? But, I, yeah, I've also heard stories of, like, thinking of some Boston friends we had, Lindsay, of people who, like, the either the women would be, like, kind of not bully that's little like but be like kind of cold to the single woman because it's like are you trying to entice my husband away type thing like so just like that yeah dynamic can happen but I and I hate that we only see each other as sexual partners instead of like you're a human I'm a human like (laughs) yeah why does that have to be the like yeah conclusion it doesn't help us better become like a Zion community (laughs) right right yeah that's what I struggle hard with um just being from the Caribbean where you can have a man and a woman be friends, just friends. You go to a singles ward, a man and a woman can't be just friends. Right. Um, and I remember this was in 2018, um, which was a lovely, lovely time for the YSA ward that I went to. Um, and going to the YSA ward and just having conversations with guys. And I remember like telling like talking to this guy and I gave him my number and I was like dude I'm not interested in you we're studying the same thing at that point I wanted to go into communications I wanted to 
be a journalist. And he was studying political science and journalism. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, in Barbados, you will, that is a networking opportunity. You're going to meet people in similar fields. It's good to network. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I don't think that my girlfriend would like that very much. And I sassily rolled my eyes at him. I was like, do you think I want you? <laughs> I mean, so there's that in, in uh, this. And it also, it, that kind of thing assumes that everyone is heterosexual. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that the true. only thing you have to worry about is, you know, the opposite sex. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's ridiculous. And second of all, like, how do you know I'm not bi? How do, like, how do you know which way my <laughs> proclivities lie? You don't, you know, like, it's just this very narrow view. Yeah. And and again, reducing people to, to sexuality, like any two people are just going to, you know, fall on the ground and start going at it if they're left alone. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would like to, I, I don't know the future of our podcast, what's going to happen with me doing a lot of the work and also getting married soon, but um that is one episode I haven't done yet that I'd love to do is just talk about um a little bit of a loss in my career just because I didn't feel like I had any of those models or support to build a good career for myself and this is true for single women as well as married but single like it's your only option you gotta (laughs) you gotta have Mm -hmm. a good career support yourself be happy all those things so yeah I would have loved like more help and guidance and sometimes the culture didn't support that very well, or I just didn't have any models in my life of any woman I knew who, you know, had a full-time job for extended period of time. So, yeah, yeah. that's really good point, Lindsay. Yeah. I completely understand that. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, this was when I was doing pathways and I remember, um, a former mission president's wife, we had like a, a young single adults activity at the mission home. And I remember her telling me, like I told her, I'm not going to get married until I get my second degree, which is coming. So I should be looking. Um, <laughs> just joking. Totally not. But um, <laughs> I remember her saying, oh, you should be like, why can't you get married and have your degree? I was like, because that's what I've chosen. I'm feeling so guilty for that choice that I made to just focus on something that was for me. Um and for me wanting to be independent and for me wanting to have a career and for me choosing not to put everybody as a priority before myself. And she was like, oh, so why are you thinking about getting married? And when I think about things like that, the damage that it has caused over the years, things that I now have to unlearn that are so ingrained into me. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, a lot of unlearning. <laughs> um, being... Um, just being who I am, being opinionated, being sassy, all those things I had to unlearn. Um, just people telling me, oh, you know, if you just shut your mouth and not be opinionated, maybe you'll get married. Or um, like, I remember um, I just graduated from my college last December. And I remember somebody was like, oh, are you going over there to meet a husband? I was like, no. <laughs> um, are you going okay so when you're over there bring back a husband and i've been told this on every trip i go on oh bring gosh um, or even i mean and these things cause so much psychological damage and i don't know if heather could speak to this because it, it does mm-hmm. remember after my breakup recently i was like 
okay, so what do I do now? Saying that I have failed makes me a bad person. It makes me a bad member and I'm failing at something. And that is the not spoken sometimes culture that just does so much psychological damage that if you don't have your person lined up by a certain age and you're just in a period where you're enjoying your singleness, there is something wrong with you and there is something broken inside of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we run into this, like every culture has scripts. The LDS culture has a very narrow and specific script. Yeah. You know, graduate from high school, go to BYU, go on a mission if you're a guy, if you're a girl, maybe get married, have kids, have at least this many kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, the husband works and the wife, if she can stay home, stays home. Me, and and if at any point you don't fit into that script, if you're a woman who doesn't want to stay home with kids, then it can just, you can feel ostracized. People don't know what to do with people who are off script. Right. It's like they, they don't recognize that there are alternatives and sometimes you don't, you're not in control of the script. Sometimes you hate the script. You don't want no part of it. Yeah, and yeah. it can be really damaging. And and then sometimes people who are on script, they just want everyone else to do what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I got married. Now you need to get married. I had a baby. Now you need to have a baby. Yeah. And, and people can kind of, in, yeah, inadvertently sort of push this like one narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we as humans are always, I mean, I do this a ton. I think most people do this a little bit, especially as you like are growing up is you're looking to, you're looking for guidance on how to like live a good life. Mm -hmm. And so in the church, we're provided like, as you said, Heather, a really strong script of like, yeah, this is what you do. And just in like more recent years, I've had, I've been recognizing that like the guidance needs to come from within. (laughs) Like I, yeah, yeah. And that's, it's hard to let go of like, um, yeah, I got to think like maybe, this a little like bit more. That, like validation yeah. of the, like, am I doing like the external validation versus the internal uh-huh. validation? Is yeah. Mind. Yeah. And like the external like guidance or validation is only going to get you so far. Like right. it's, it's a hard process to like get in touch with like who you really are, what you really want or. Yeah. I mean, not even who you are, like you're figuring that out as you go and you're, you're creating that for yourself, but, um, yeah, just learning to like, trust yourself and do what's best for you in your life and do things that will ultimately make you the most happy, not yeah. what, you know, what makes your parents happy or, you know, what your mm-hmm. friends are doing. Yeah. Um, and we get contradictory messages. We yeah. have, you know, lots of obedience, obedience messages and, you know, listen to, kind of the counsel from higher up, but then we have lots of lessons and talks about cultivating personal revelation and this one-on-one relationship with the Lord. And, and sometimes those things are in conflict. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is something I've thought about a lot over the years is um, the war in heaven and the fight for agency was like, it's a huge part of our doctrine. Yeah. We're still just like out here, thinking or just like wanting God or wanting, you know, others to tell us what to do with our lives. But like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's why uh, we're here is to make choices. Absolutely. Yeah. My, uh, there's a Jennifer Finlayson Fife, like 
interview that is transcribed and it's in a dialogue article from a couple of years ago. And it's like integrity versus obedience. And I love it so much. And Jennifer mm-hmm. JFF talks a lot about just the, like, how are we be- like being children of God who are growing from children to adults, so mm-hmm. kind of that aspect. And so there's some rules that are like, yep, like don't go in the street when you're a kid, don't go in the street. But when you get older, you can go in the street, look both ways. You can go in the street, mm. cross the street. Like there's like different rules as you get older. And so it's like, are you, and instead of waiting for others to validate you or to like give you the advice, like, can you accept the true responsibility of like making choices for your life? Anyway, highly recommend that. that yeah. Article. Yeah. I, I feel it was only when I was in Utah recently that I realized um, what was going on and how much validation I allow people to have over the choices that I made with my love life. Um, and as I said, six of my friends got married in like a year and a half, which is good for them. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, and growing up in the family I grew up in and not having the always best example of relationships, knowing that my grandmother was a bad mama jama, I'm using mm-hmm. my Mormon spirits, guys. Um, I, my grandmother was a bad mama jama, and she was taught me how to be independent. My mom taught me how to be independent. My choices are different than what is the script. And yeah, being made to feel like the villain in my own life because the decisions that I'm making aren't what everybody else is doing. Um, people telling me, oh, why are you on an airplane traveling all over the place? No, you should be thinking about going to find a man. No, I just want to go travel. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I like if I tell my friends, I don't know. I have conflict complex feelings about marriage. I don't know if it's something I want in my life. I don't know if it's gonna make me eternally happy by itself. And yeah. you're like, oh, Oh no, you need to you need to do this. You need to go find somebody or you'll be alone. Or if you share a complex thought, oh, you have so much bitterness because of what you're saying. And it's mm-hmm. it's all of that stuff combined over time wears you down to the point where your singleness becomes a a wound, a oozing wound. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't want it to be. It becomes one because of the way that other people treat you, view yeah. you, yeah. and kind of see you in the church and in in, in just life. Mm-hmm. Okay, related but a little tangential question. So I know your podcast doesn't talk too much about dating marriage. I did have a conversation with someone um, at a church activity, where, and she shared like, "Oh, I think." Um, church leaders sometimes get like, don't talk about marriage enough. And now I think we've gone too far and we don't talk about marriage enough with single people. Mm. And I was like, I don't think, and she's like, and I think that's why single people aren't getting married. And I was like, I don't think that's the case. How Mm. have you felt over the years? Like, do you feel, feel like you had some like church leaders who were very like, let's talk about marriage a lot and others who like, didn't, what was Mm -hmm. the right balance for you? And what did you, what are your thoughts on that? Of like, should church leaders Mm. preach marriage in singles wards? Um, I, I will say there was a stark contrast between YSA and MSA. Actually, it's become much less in the mid singles, um, the marriage talks, like it's just pretty non-existent. I don't know if like, uh, people have given up on us or it's just the idea that like, um, it, it's not effective. I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. So definitely like at BYU or in younger days, we would for sure have like fifth Sunday lessons regularly on dating or marriage or not kissing with your mouth open or I don't know, like there's all kinds of crazy things happening in those lessons, Mm -hmm. but yeah, pretty non-existent, at least in the wards I've been in and I'm grateful for it. I, I think it's nice to have a little space from that and just be able to figure that out for yourself. I will say something that has been effective if we have like, um, a bishop and his wife who are like both active in our singles ward and they have, uh, they have a good partnership. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like right. a better that lesson than any volume. fifth Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And so that's been really nice when their partners are like part of the ward. We had a, you know, really great couple in our ward for many years and, um, the bishop's wife, she doesn't have a, like an official calling needs a better title. She needs a better title. Cause she really had like three to five callings and was just doing a lot for the ward and very involved and made it all the difference for the ward. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, a great, uh, a really strong need for like marriage talks, but maybe it's just like knowing that the culture is like a little bit patriar- patriarchal and the marriage talks aren't going to be super yeah. helpful for the general population. Yeah. yeah. I remember those conversations. Um, I, I, when I was in, sorry, when I was in Utah in 2018, I, I sat in many Institute classes with my mouth hung open at what hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I come from a culture which is very sexually liberating, you know. Um, is it always the best? No. But is it like is it integral in teaching us certain things? Yeah. Um, I remember sitting there and they're like, Oh, you shouldn't kiss with the mouth with, with the mouth open. And I was like, So what's gonna happen? Is the devil in the mouth and he's gonna drop mm-hmm. through the mouth or something? And <laughs> I remember like, okay, I'm looking at these kids and I'm like, I know half of y'all don't nod your head and smile. I know half of you are kissing with your mouth open, <laughs> getting married after <laughs> mouth, doing more than you're doing more than doing that. So <laughs> I just was like, I I just sat there laughing my butt off and trying not to embarrass my friends. But some of the conversations, you know, in those younger age groups are like, get married stay virtuous be a good wife all those things and then you get to the mid singles and say okay yeah you're here great no do whatever you want to do you're kind of lost cause but not really we just want you to go to church it's fine mm-hmm. that's how I yeah no that makes sense yeah there there's weird stuff that comes through i think about what joseph smith said like teach them good principles and let them govern themselves yeah I, I mean what does that really mean but I think like it can be easy for leadership or others to get into the weeds of like the do's and don'ts or the yeah. um yeah just like their their take on the gospel their brand of it um versus just focusing on Christ and like some bigger principles and letting people um navigate those individual decisions on their own in ways that that work best for them and even in partnership with God yeah. Lindsay, would you be willing to share your decision to date outside the church and now yes. you're engaged, which is so exciting. I would love to hear that journey because I think yeah. that's a choice people are making. And yeah. 
Yeah, it's not a common choice. Maybe it is. I would love to talk to more people in this situation. I've only talked to maybe two friends who've done anything similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even good friends, just, you know, people, connections I found. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think in some ways this choice was uh, born out of the dating the dating scene, the dating mid-single scene, uh, which is a little bit tricky. I think, uh, I guess every ward's a little bit different, but there tends to be more women than men. And for me, the, and there is a lot of, there are a lot of like well-educated, like really impressive women. I was feeling a little bit like if there was a cool guy that I wanted to get to know, I was going to be like competing with some good friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit tricky. Um, I also just, for me, um, I know the church culture is a little bit different in different parts of the country. So like definitely a Boston, like culture in terms of like um just like worldviews and things like that are going to be different than in the west like utah or vegas and so for me i wasn't finding a lot of guys where i found a lot of value alignment outside of just some like church religion related things Mm. so yeah so though i felt good i mean and i've done it a little bit in the past but i think this time getting on like hinge was very intentional Mm-hmm. where I felt good about it. I felt good about um, just practicing some differentiation, which mm-hmm. um, in theory is like really awesome and practice is hard, but we all have to do it in our in any relationship in our lives, not just our like close intimate ones. So mm-hmm. that was like my intention seeking that out. And mm-hmm. I, I met Brian and um, yeah, it's been a journey. We've uh, been dating for a year and a half, so relatively short still in um, in the worldview, but a little bit longer it, for like a church couple. But um, yeah, we it was pretty hard at the beginning to have conversations about religion. He started to come to church with me pretty early on, still comes really regularly and is like friends with everyone, mm-hmm. like very popular guy at church, which is fun. Yeah. He has a um, Dungeons and Dragons group he runs with like people from church, which is fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but the conversations at the beginning were hard. He had done a lot of faith deconstruction in his 20s. He comes from an evangelical background. And yeah. um, So it was hard just to like talk in ways where we felt like we could still like respect each other, I guess, respect each other for our differences I think it's him, especially for me, like, <laughs> um, I, I mean, he said a few times, like he didn't expect to like have a serious relationship with somebody who's still like, you know, in the church, the church, meaning, you know, like Christianity church, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, I think there was a point where we just got better about like not setting boundaries around it, but just being a little more like thoughtful about what we were going to bring up and what we were going to like, uh, save for later. And, um, Yeah. It's yeah, it's been such a journey. There's been so many aspects to it. I personally have had a lot of anxiety throughout the relationship. I'm just like a natural worrier. Mm-hmm. And it's been hard to wrap my brain around um living a life that looks a little bit different than I anticipated for so long. Like yeah. definitely I've always been like the most churchy of the churchy people, like, you know, BYU mission, uh, super pro in like seminary scripture mastery, like all the things, mm-hmm. you know. And so yeah, this is very different. Uh, life I'm looking at than I would have expected and um, but yeah and I would say in a lot of ways it's put me into a little bit of like um, like faith crisis slash faith expansion mode both are true for me 
So yeah, it's opened me up a lot. Not just, not just dating him, but other things in my life too. Just like some, you know, close friends also going through their own um, journeys there. But yeah, I, yeah, I would say I like don't have all the answers. I, well, and the other part that was a lot of anxiety for me is just like trying to get into a relationship at this age. Like I think I, in your thirties, you do get comfortable being single and you learn to like really appreciate it and appreciate that you didn't like marry, you know, marry someone before who wouldn't have been like a great fit or whatnot. And so, yeah, uh, just giving up a little bit of independence in, yeah, in replacing that with a little bit more of like having, you know, a support system or whatnot. It's been hard, um, to work through some of that. Uh, Brian's a really great one to do that with. He has like a really secure attachment style, so he doesn't get freaked out by things easily. Um, that was something that was refreshing and nice that I noticed from the very beginning. That's huge. Is that, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is that he's just like really consistent, wasn't afraid about like expressing his feelings or communicating things. Um, and he's yes. also just like a calming. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He's a king. Yeah. Um, he's also great about being a calming presence in my life. Like if I'm anxious about something or freaked out, uh, I can feel very comfortable talking to him and he'll always be very validating and be like, yeah, that makes sense. And you, you make sense. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that's really wonderful. Definitely wouldn't have worked without like him bringing those parts of his personality to the relationship. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's been wild, but I'm feeling good about, obviously I'm feeling good about it because we just got engaged yeah. <laughs> and Aww. I'm excited for the future and I'm feeling better about, I mean, it's taken a lot of work too, just feeling better about things like moving in with someone again, having a, you know, a roommate and right. also like transitioning to a sexual relationship. Like that's a lot at this age, like when you've just kind of been repressing your whole life. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it is a lot, but, um, and it's, and it's not something where I'm like, yeah, I recommend it for everyone, but at the same time, like. Brian's such a gem and I think it's it's good to be open-minded and just recognize that I think who was it it was on the faith matters podcast somebody said I think it was Janice Bangler somebody said recently that everyone is in a mixed faith marriage which Mm. I think is so true like uh even like Adam and Eve you know the first marriage ever (laughs) they were mixed faith you know Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah and so Mm. maybe it's been helpful in some ways just to recognize like we're so different from the get-go versus like assuming because we grew up Uh With, you know similar yeah. backgrounds that we're going to be the same so and allowed us to just like talk about things you know out in the open from from the start but yeah it's been really wonderful I feel like it's opened up some like nice things in our family just for more like inclusion acceptance honestly Brian's like also super good for my ward there was um yeah there was a situation where we realized that our church building doesn't have like handicapped accessible restrooms. And uh, one of our friends is in a wheelchair. And so, and had been coming to the ward for like years. Anyway, it just hadn't been addressed. And like, I think in me and like how I normally approach church and church structure, I'm like, oh, well, you know, leadership's doing the best they can. But he was like consistently like, this is not okay. And like mm-hmm. brought it up a lot. He was like a very squeaky wheel with like uh, uh ward and stake leadership. And and yeah, eventually they made a change. <laughs> so wow. yeah, it was like kind of beautiful to see like, oh, like my brand of Christianity could use some revisions too. And like, there's things mm-hmm. I can learn. Uh, and I learn things from him all the time, like how he, he loves like the scriptures and things. He's like a very like intellectual guy. So 
uh, and has a strong background with that. So yeah, there's like tons of things he brings up all the time that are really interesting or eye-opening to me and and helpful in terms of expanding my faith. Awesome. Thanks so, so much for sharing I'd that. I'd love to hear a little bit about the wedding plans because I just listened to your most recent podcast, which is the one in May. Oh, you're great. You guys totally dish on the <laughs> wedding stuff that drives you crazy, the wedding stuff you love, the wedding stuff mm-hmm. that drives you crazy, like the throwing of the bouquet where oh, yeah. like people for, like force you as a single person to do it and you're next to like the 12 year old yes (laughs) yeah yeah we're anti-bouquet throwing around here but um yeah that's stuff we're still figuring out I I mean it is different to think about just doing a ceremony which honestly plenty of couples who get married in the temple also do a ceremony and in some ways I'm really excited for it we haven't figured out who's gonna like officiate it or whatnot but I want it to be like a close friend or you know somebody I love and I'm excited about sharing, um, exchanging vows. And then I think our main goal is just have a good dance party. So that's for Love sure it. happening. Love but it. other than that, it'll, we're not going to like incorporate too many traditions. But I mean, we've been engaged for a week and already it's a lot of family members or others being like, oh, are you going to do this? And what about this? Oh. <laughs> it's a lot. It was, oh. I'm sure you were married. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in some ways, it's been nice to just be like, okay, this is like, obviously very like non-traditional. So uh, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to serve alcohol at our wedding and hopefully everyone's going to be okay with it. So yeah. Uh, (laughs) They're not paying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's our wedding. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I suggest that I'm I'm so glad you brought up about being in a mixed faith relationship. I'm trying to get my girlfriends now to explore their horizons and yeah. they've been to the church all of their lives and they just don't want to step out which is which is within their right um yeah totally really bad luck with um guys in the church surface level or whatever you know they don't feel they have to rush because they're guys um and yeah. i i remember when i was in utah using <laughs> using twitter and I was like, what am I doing? I need to go back on mutual. Um, I need to like go over the safety is. And I I regret it now because there are so many nice guys that I just kind of sidelined just because I thought I had to have this idea of how my life would go. Mm. And I I just think if you're over 30, what else do you have to lose? Explore <laughs> your friends, go date yeah. people get to know people, their stories, their differences, go for it. Yeah. Something Mm -hmm. that's been a big part of my faith journey, even before uh, I had any sort of like questioning, I guess, or whatnot was I just never felt like the one true church thing rang really strongly for me. I just felt like if this is, well, maybe not the one true church thing, but just feeling like, if I was born into like the right church, then like the odds were really slim that that would have happened, you know, for me. Anyway, I'm not saying that very well, but just like as I like travel and meet people and explore, um, explore the world and get to know people, just recognizing and seeing God work throughout the world in different faith traditions. And um, that's been really, that's been really helpful. Just, just feeling open I think for like growing up or at different points in my life, 
they felt like there was a safety in the church. Like, you know, the right. friends I made at church, were going to be safe. The community there is going to be safe, uh, which is often true. But there's also like, just, a, I don't know, there's just a safety in many people in the world. A lot of good, wonderful right. people everywhere. And um, yeah, that assumption of safety. That's such a good point. Cause yeah, I think mm-hmm. I definitely felt the like, I felt like a group, like the world is bad. And like, there's still those messages of like, the world mm-hmm. is bad. We are good. And it's like, let's stop othering everyone. We're all yeah. God's children. Yeah. Okay. While we're talking about um, spiritual things, what, okay, Lindsay, let's just pretend that you are called to represent the single sisters of the church and you are asked to give a talk in general conference. Yeah. What would be your points? And then Ramona, I'd love to know if, if there are certain things that Lindsay doesn't mention that you would mention. Like, okay, sure. yeah. 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 That's an interesting one. I, um, I don't know if like everyone in the church would agree with this, but I, well, I think this is true that like there are no bad paths mm-hmm. and, um, I would also encourage single sisters to like pursue, pursue a good career path, one that like uh, pays well if that's what they want, one that's going to be fulfilling for them, even busy for them. Um, I think that's really important. That's something I I feel like I kind of missed out on a little bit just because I had that expectation. I'd probably get married young and uh, follow a more traditional path, but that is a big part of it. But I I really think like, I've really felt that I think there is a little bit of a narrative in the church that um, marriage is like the holier holier state the holier way to live and i think like marriage can bring a lot of good things especially good marriages where both partners are are contributing and 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 um making good efforts toward each other but um i think being single can be equally holy you have time to give to others around you you have time to like study the scriptures and um yeah, it's just different life situations. So, uh, over half the church is single. So I think we've been like relegating that, that majority to a minority position. And, um, and there's, there's no need for that. There's so many gifts to be given. I, I mean, you look at like ward and stake leadership, some awards and stakes are better at this about like giving singles some leadership positions, but singles are like, very capable and able to lead not that they shouldn't also like you know have lives outside of serving in the church just like those with families do but um yeah i think i think um singleness is a gift i i feel like getting engaged has been interesting for me because it feels very normal like maybe because i am older and i recognize like marriage is gonna be hard mm. <laughs> but <laughs> I've noticed people are like really excited for me when I tell them I'm engaged, which is fun. Um, but I'm like, this is the most excited people have ever been for me. And I've had like plenty of really oh, exciting things yeah. happen in my life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Like I recognize that they're seeing like, you know, all the ways we've grown in this relationship and how special it is. But <laughs> yeah, I, mm. I don't know. There's just, yeah, it's just a choice. And there's like many choices to be made. And there's no right choice. So that's not a very like uh, organized talk, but if, given some time, I could put that into <laughs> to something effective. Thank you. <laughs> no, I like it. Ramona, what would you Mama, add or? Yeah, what would you thoughts? add? 
okay here are my here are my general conference talks if I had to do it <laughs> um, so I would title it there's nothing wrong with you yeah <laughs> I would then be like um what's the next one that I would do um um like looks fade but you're you're spending eternity with this person <laughs> um if you want to be super religious thinking that marriage is eternal and stuff like that um yeah i would say like date outside of your comfort zone date outside of your comfort zone there's so many amazing people that people just pass over because they just don't fit every single box on every single checklist and they still deserve good, healthy relationships. Yeah. So I would say that as well. And um, and I guess I would I would just say that don't be a checklist member when you're dating. Um, mm-hmm. What else? What else? Like, it's okay to find yourself before you get married. I would call my general conference talk that. Mm-hmm. Find yourself like that. Singleness um, is a gift. Find yourself before you get married. I, I love the other line you said of the like you were okay, like just kind of like yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with you. I love that. Yeah, and like marriage is not a finish line because I also want to like hooray you're engaged, like all set, Lindsay. Like it's not a finish line. Nah. Yeah. Um, Maybe nobody tells you the negative parts of the relationship; they only tell you the positive things. Ooh. That's a heavy one. I had a funny, yeah, I had a funny, um, I felt like my very, yeah, marriage has been hard for me. Sorry, Steve. I know you helped edit the podcast. Anyway, but I felt <laughs> like, especially the first year was like super hard. And I felt like an anger that like, no one told me, like almost like yeah. that, like everyone's complicit. I'd be like, marriage has been really hard with me, hard for me. And I say, be really forthright. And all I go is like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and people I was are like, scared by what? that. Yeah, and like didn't yeah. want to like engage, didn't want to talk about it. Like, got a lot of, and I was like, is everyone in on it? Like, how horrible <laughs> for women? And like, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so yeah, it reminded me of this conversation I had with my good friend Kayla, who got married to her husband after a month, and I questioned her seriously, um, about whether or not she was sure to get married. And when I was going through my breakup recently, she said, Ramona, nobody tells you the negative sides of the relationship. Everybody paints a picture of what the relationship is because they don't want to admit when the things aren't going that great themselves. Um, so she told me, enjoy your singleness. Just do what you have to do. You'll be fine. Cry if you want to. And, <laughs> you know, you know, like blow up his phone if you feel like doing it. But don't feel like if you have to compete with others for this fantasy of a good relationship um or just appearing that you're in a good place yeah you know the like image maintenance like false mm. yeah mm. Mm. we have a really good episode on singled in with our friend johnny lou and it's called the perks of being single mm. which there are many for sure um yeah for sure but i love how he frames them and he actually has a good youtube channel where he talks about some of these things too but um he frames everything as like a duality like oh um like what would be an example 
I got to think about that. But like with every like good benefit, there's maybe something you're losing, losing out on. Like, so I think, yeah, I keep just keep going back to, and this is something I've had to learn while dating Brian is that life or life is just choices. And so I think there was a while where I was like, I really need like an answer from God on what to do with Brian, you know? And then it was just like clear to me that that answer wasn't going to come. Like I needed to make that choice. And I think with any choice you make, first of all, there are no perfect choices. Like you just don't know, don't know until you try, try every choice is reversible. Like whether we like that, you know, Uh yeah, whether it's a big deal or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like, there will always be like good things about choices and bad things. And so it's just the, the consequences we can live with, you know, the bad things we can live with. So, yeah. And you just learn as you go. So, yeah, I, when you were talking about marriage, I was thinking about uh, serving a mission and how on my mission, I was like, nobody prepared me for how hard (laughs) it's like really, really hard. Nobody prepared me. Like this was this huge baby. Yeah, Same babies. Baby. Yeah, Pregnancy. yeah. Teenagers, adult yeah. children, all of it. Yeah, all of it. I love no, that. wise words. But I love what you said about like, like life is choices, and so just kind uh-huh. of grounding it, getting back to that like present state instead of like I also have anxiety, so just the like easy to like catastrophize or like, but what is this? this? Like try to think through all the contingencies. Uh-huh. But it's, like, you can't decide or control that. Yeah. Yeah. There's only, yeah, there's only so much information you can actually gather, but yeah, I do that a lot where I'm like, well, what about (laughs) the other day? I was like, Brian, how are we going to talk to our kids about drinking? Like, and he was just laughing because he was like, we have like probably 20 years before we need to have those conversations. (laughs) But I was just like, I'm just trying to like, um, think of every possible thing we need to think of and be aware of and be ready for. And there's just no way so it's just like really like leaning on your values, trusting that the person you're making and moving forward and making the yeah. decision with is a good person you can work with and communicate about <laughs> things. So. I think that that values piece is so important. Yeah. Yeah. The values is huge. That's been, yeah, that's been a good one to rely on and lean into. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And I love that you don't have that just assumption. Like you shared this earlier in the podcast and it was really resonated. It was just, it's easy to be like, oh, you're Mormon. I'm Mormon. Like, hooray. But it's, be- yeah, you have like the gift now of like, you're not having to decon, like you've already done so much of the work of kind of deconstructing, like who are, who are you, who am I and building something instead of operating on assumed, assumed yeah. similarity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So love that. Okay. We, uh, thank you for your wise words. I'm going to be cheesy for a second. Yeah. I felt the spirit multiple times. I was like, Lindsay is so wise and I'm so proud of you. And, <laughs> oh, um, awesome. yeah, so, so grateful Ramona. I am proud of you too. You've had so many layers of convert Utah Barbados, just like a lot of different layers and just weird messaging. And it's funny figuring out just having to navigate all the weird messaging. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah keep up the good work being patient <laughs> and so I hope yeah so singleness is a gift is like such a beautiful line so thank you for sharing that um we're exponent to the podcast we also have a blog we also have a magazine we also have a retreat find us at exponent2.org that's exponentii.org uh, we're a 501c3 if you want to contribute financially 
Um, we also would love for you to subscribe to the blog, subscribe to our newsletter, subscribe to the magazine, write for the blog, write for the magazine, volunteer, all of that. Thank you. And-